Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. We recently joined as a member and you can too. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot CEO. Don't forget to add the two-on-one podcast in the how did you hear about Podgo section of your application. Now get ready for the rest of the episode. Lads, we're back. Hello. That was so energetic. I know. I know. It's completely different to how I was about 20 seconds ago on this call. We are we back. We back. We We are back. I'm excited, guys. Training camps are opening for the other NHL teams today, not the sucky seven as we had christened them. Mm-hmm. California and, and the rest. Yeah, ca- California <laughs> and associates. <laughs> it's But the season is coming, guys. We're not that far. I believe what we're nine days away. No, sorry, we are. Ten. It's January 3rd. Yeah. I'm excited, guys. How I are know. you feeling today? Um, I'm, I, I'm excited. Um, obviously we got a little bit of, I guess, pre NHL hockey in the world juniors. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's still going on, but yeah. you guess into the, uh, guess back into hockey again. It's kind of been a while, I think, uh, three or four months, but it's felt like two or three years. It, so. it has. Yeah. Happy new year, by the way. Just yes. Happy new year guys. Yes. yes. Yeah. We've new said year. it several times, but never on the pod no, or did we say it on Twitch? No, or was no, it not? No, it, it was not New Year's. Year's. It was the 30th. No. Wow, it felt like a year ago. <laughs> okay, that's the end of the episode. Okay, all right. Sorry. Thanks, guys. Intro. Thanks, guys, for having that's me. <laughs> I didn't get in. Maybe it's because no one's going outside nowadays for obvious reasons. But you never mm. have those people that are like, "See you next year." Remember the before time when we could go outside? No, the land before time. No. Like uh, when we can no. go God. do things? No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Remember when we used to record this in like a room together? Well, you were in never my really basement. There. In your basement. A few times. I remember at the Ryerson. Oh, yeah. We and, uh, at the and editing suite. Knocked, and at the Ryerson. The at the RCC, yes. Mm-hmm. And God, I remember the RCC. The mm-hmm. I remember back the RCC. In the day. When I had to leave my coffee outside. Oh, yeah. Well, anyway, lads, <laughs> we'll get into the hockey here. As you mentioned mm. there. Both of you, really. The World Juniors are still going on. We have the quarters yesterday. The semis are tomorrow. We've got the Americans going on against the Finns. We've got the Canadians and the Russians, a rematch from the gold medal game last year. We'll get into the World Juniors probably a little later in the show. Um, There's going to be a good bit of focus on that. But, oh, we have – I'm really now looking at the doc and realizing, oh, God, we've had a sort of second signing season here now. The second, the second signing a, of the signs. A, a second wave uh, of another kind. Yes. A, a, a more positive second wave. Yeah. I mean, we love NHL news. Mm-hmm. I was looking back on, on my Twitter. I like cleaning it up every once in a while. And I remember seeing the Duclair signing and I just said, oh, look at this. Real NHL news. Real NHL <laughs> news. It was really cool to see. 
Was it from your favorite account? It was not from that okay. weird like okay. just NHL ask. breaking just Twitter. No, it was it was not. I unfollowed <laughs> that guy a long time ago. Sourcing is important, people. Uh, I think we should what? start with probably the most yeah, the most that. shocking sign. You can't just of, put according to sources. You have, you have to say the source. Unless it's yeah. about Mike, then you have to. Then you can just do whatever you want. According Unless to various sources that I've spoken even, to. Some people even say that those random Twitter accounts that just sort of regurgitate what they read on the athletic and say it's true when it's mm-hmm. really just speculative stuff. But, you know, we'll, we'll get into some actual signings here. And the biggest shock, really, um, in, in a long time, on, uh, Zdeno Chara and the Boston Bruins have parted ways, guys. He'll be going to Washington. Which is a good signing for them. I think we'll, we'll. I don't think what really matters here is what Char brings to Washington. What matters is the Bruins just sort of. Um, I don't want to say that there's there's a very big lack of respect here, but it seems like both in the ways that they they handled the Tory Krug situation, as well as now with Dino Char. Yeah. The Bruins maybe could have handled this a little better, don't you think, Daniel? I think with yeah, um, I remember. Um, I can't remember. I remember it was TSN, but I, I do not remember who tweeted it out. But I think they said that the expectation was at Char at this point of his career, they expected him to retire and take up a job in management, but he still wanted to play. So of course there was that disconnect that happened, and then you mentioned Vittori Krug, and then, no, it's another blow to their defense where. We're looking at a Bruins team that, you know, they went from making it to the finals to kind of navigating what comes next, especially as Bergeron and, you know, Krejci and Marchant, they get well into their 30s. Well, Marchant, like, on the lower end of it. Mm-hmm. Alex? Yeah, I, I feel like the way they handled this one seemed to be a little bit different mm-hmm. than the Tory Krug. Um, one, because I just because I think the Tory Krug one was so out of left field for so many people. Like we all expected Tory Krug to resign. There was no, there was going to be no issues, but it seemed like, well, the guy didn't really get an offer for like a full year. Mm. Like the last offer, it seemed like the last reasonable offer he got seemed to be back a year before free agency. Whereas this one, I think, was a little bit different because the expectations of Chara were top four minutes where the Bruins were looking at saying, Hey, well, we have these young guys that we do want to test out. We'd rather you be, as they put it, I think part-time, but <sighs> it's going to be a, bl- it's going to be a big blow to the locker room. Like Chara's in his forties. I mean, He's not bad by any means. That that that's not what I'm that's not what I'm trying to say, but he's not at the level he was. I don't think the impact he makes on the ice is n- nearly as big the impact he makes in the locker room. We've mentioned that before. I remember, I think with Joel Pavelski leaving San Jose and what he kind of left there and I guess like what I'm just thinking with you guys is is that the kind of same vacuum that's left there? But the fact that you have a Patrice Bergeron there to kind of, you know, presumably take the captaincy. Uh, you guys know I'm a massive Bergeron fan. Yeah. And I, I do kind of, there's a part of me that hopes he gets to see. I really do. 
I'm not concerned about the Bruins' room per se because it's always been very strong. Yeah, I'm not not worried about it. I am, however, just worried about them. Period, though, with Chara leaving because again, he wasn't the Norris Trophy winner that he was. Like, this is not Zanino Chara 2011 leading them to a Stanley Cup. Though, I just these young defensemen. I'm looking at their core, and I'm like, all right. Who, who? McAvoy can't really stay healthy. Is Carlo and Grizzlick and those, is John Moore really going to be the backbone? I mean, I just don't, and I, I know I'm looking at their sort of, their young guys, and I'm yeah. like, all right. Is Zabor really the guy? And whatever you say about Char is, what's unique of a 43-year-old Zdeno Char as a sixth defenseman Compared to, I don't know, I'll just say, name me a sixth defenseman. On the Bruins? Like Kevin Miller. Yeah, a difference between him and Kevin Miller is Zidane Chara has experience. He, mm-hmm. he will know his limits. And the point was made, again, yeah, I like you, Dan. It was someone in TSN. I think it, was, it may have been Dutchie saying that, like, the guy's wingspan. Because he's a giant. I mean... That is a useful player. Yeah. Not to mention, like, well, I think they'll be fine leadership wise, of course, but I still think there's going to be a vacuum there. It, yeah, it will yeah, be sorry. a concern. Oh, for sure. They're taking an odd approach. In my opinion, they're taking such an odd approach because let's be realistic. Bergeron, Krejci, we can even include Marshawn are on the back ends of their career, Bergeron and Krejci especially. Like, Mm -hmm. how many more years can Patrice Bergeron really, like, uh, he's not, he hasn't really um, declined that much. But think about the injuries he's gone through over the multiple cup runs, the multiple heavy playoff uh, runs that, that the Bruins have gone through. How many more times can Patrice Bergeron do that? So these their their original core is standing on their last legs, and now is the time you want to to try out the young guys. Like I understand it's important, but that's not that's not the approach necessarily I would take. Is Another thing, by the way, how are they replacing Tory Krug's offensive ability? By the way, I'm I'm still not seeing how you're going to do that. They must have a lot of trust in Charlie McAvoy. I'm actually still stumped, to be honest, with the approach that the Bruins have had this off season. To be honest, because I look at their draft pool, I look at who they've taken in these rounds the last few years, and there's just no one like who speaks to me that will replace that many minutes. I know that maybe you're going to rely on the guys that have already made it where they've gotten really lucky. Like I look back on 2015 and the fact that they got lucky with Charlie McAvoy and Brandon Carlo, like, well, McAvoy 16, Carlo in the second round in 2015, after they really, other than Jake, the really botched their first round. Yeah. Um, there's just really no one else I could kind of see. Like, um, Alex have actually really corrected me on this, where I have a hard time saying his name, but Urovikinen. Urovai, I don't know. That that's yeah. as good of a guess. He's a guy where you know he kind of stands out to me in a way that maybe he makes the jump, but he reminds me again of another Jakob Zaboro. Well, 
you take a guy where he, maybe he was, you know, defensively sound in his junior system, but he, he's someone that's just really struggling to make that transition. And I don't know what the ceiling is for that potential or what they see he's going to become because how it's been what f- six years now since Zoboro has been drafted. Yeah. Uh, you know, by the way, another comparison to San Jose here. Um, when are they going to fall off? We always ask about the core players in San Jose. The same with the Bruins. If you incorporate, so if you, if you got to put together his playoff games, Bergeron's already played over 1,200 NHL games in any combination. Yeah. 35, playing the best hockey of his career, offensively at least, in right. you know, a selkie. They, they, they got to rename the trophy eventually. He's Bergeron award, but. And he's playing on the best line in hockey. Like, arguably. I, and I think most people would agree the best line in hockey, mm-hmm. Marshawn Bergeron, Pasternak. Yeah. And it's probably the reason that Pasternak is able to get that much more offense going in Marshawn. Right. Uh, just to answer your question, how are they going to replace Tory Krug's offense? I don't, there's no perfect solution except Tory Krug, but um, there's still one guy who is unsigned who stands out to me and that's Sammy Vatnin. Mm-hmm. And I know the Bruins, I believe they're actually, are they over the cap? No, they're not. They have 2.9 million in, in cap space. Unless they're hell bent on, on using their young guys. I'd go out and get Sammy Batten. And now I understand he's right-handed, but he can play on the left and your left needs work. Like that's, as a Leafs fan watching them have the right side of absolutely nothing for the last decade, that's where teams are going to expose you. You can be all great on the right side, but you're going to get exposed on the left. On the left. As long as you just have some quality guys like Tampa, they're known for their left side, right? Right. But they at least got competent known plugs no offense to some of those guys but yeah. sorry Jan Ruta but you know what? yeah Carter <laughs> stop it but Gojin like they're guys right. and a lot of the, the guys it seems like the Bruins are banking on there right now it's it's an unknown and right. hey, listen I'm, I'm not going to complain about the Bruins taking a step back no way shape or form <clears> am I going to do that <throat> no and hey um Vatten at this point I wouldn't be surprised if he signed to PTO because that's happening all over the yeah. league I, I mean, I, he's been there a while on the open market that I, I, at this point, I think he takes like an Eric Halla comparable. Yeah. I, I mean, we'll talk about these guys sort of right now. Mike Hoffman, the Hassel Hoffman, mm-hmm. <sighs> sort of shocked everyone with not going with the blues that had been talked about on insider trading a ton, but he signed a, a PTO, which everyone was like, wait, what are you, what's, what's going on here? Is he going to make the T? Of course he is. He's, he's Hoffman. Now, right after this had come out, Elliot Friedman put out a little note. I love when he does those little Twitter notes of, hey, guys, this is what's going on. Little nuggets. I love them so much. Talking about how once the season sort of gets going and and the Blues can put a guy like Tarasenko on LTIR, there is a handshake agreement with the Blues and Hoffman that he will then sign there. Now, is Tarasenko out the entire season? Is that the uh, verdict? That's the expectation, yeah. 
because it's the it's the same surgery, right? On the same shoulder. It just didn't. Um, five to five months is okay. the first thing I'm seeing here. So probably about the entire season. Plus, they put Alex Steen on LTIR as well. That's five point seven five million. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I really think like the the thing the good thing about this deal is that they get yes they lose Tarasenko for they're gonna lose Tarasenko for their regular season, but they add Mike Hoffman for the regular season plus. If they when they if they make the playoffs, which they probably will, but then you get to add Vladimir Tarasenko. Yeah, he'll be no. your deadline, your deadline ad. Right, which makes your it. team that much better. Yeah, Pittsburgh did that. I remember they were over the cap. They made the host deal, and then yeah. Malkin comes back in the playoffs. Even Chicago, they I think they yeah. brought Brian Bickle and. I don't remember who the other... They brought in two guys. The other guy is not coming to me, but I remember specifically, I think it was Patrick Kane was on LTIR, came back right at the beginning of the playoffs. They added Brian Bickle and someone else. Emo Timonen? I think so. Yeah, they got him at the deadline, and then they were technically over the cap, but then like Patrick Kane was out, and then they worked around that. Yeah, then the playoff cap hits, like, whatever. Um, there are two – we can just sort of touch on this. I'll ask each of you just a word on, on any of this. Uh, first, Alex, Vince Dunn has finally been signed. Your thoughts? It's one year. It is another one of those short just sort of listen cap situations kind of in the doghouse right now. Come on down, Vince. Yeah, you have Come to want – it, you have to wonder if there's, again, some type of agreement su- similar to um, who, uh, Kevin LeBanc last year who took the one year pretty much his qualifying offer. Uh, obviously, it didn't really work out the best for him because flat cap, poor season, etc. But there's a couple name, big names, like Jaden Schwartz is going to be a UFA. The big one, though, is Tyler Bozak, $5 million dollars. Probably mm-hmm. not going to make that next time around. Um, and then Alex Steen obviously comes off the book. So he's probably going to get somewhat paid next year. I'm a little worried considering how um, their top four is already built in Falk, Krug, Pareko, and Scandella. I, I think Vince Dunn obviously goes above Scandella, but when Scandell is making 3.275, it's obviously a worry. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, that contract is 1.875. Yeah. Daniel, other piece of news. Apparently, Tarasenko wasn't happy about it. Um, but Ryan O'Reilly has been named the new captain of the St. Louis Blues. I think it's well-earned. It's it's kind of like a uh, what we've always said on our Twitch, the reclamation in a way. Not that he was a bad player, but how things went for him in Buffalo after he left, what is the stability of the Colorado Avalanche? Mm -hmm. And they were saying that, you know, the Tim Hortons jokes were there. You know, he's not a leader. He's not a guy that, you know, it's going to help Jack Eichel get to the next level. And then suddenly he's a captain of another stable franchise, of a winning franchise, of a team that, you know, we expect is going to be a contender for a while. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm happy for it. Um, I think that he has become those guys that not, not so much on the personal side. Well, I'm not saying like I know him or anything, but more on like what the media has kind of like shown him to be that 
I think one big storyline they had early in his career was, you know, when he's out of the Duchesne, the Paul Stasny, quote unquote, shadow in Colorado. Like, what can he do on his own? I remember when he signed mm-hmm. um, an offer as a restricted free agent with Calgary wanting to be a number one center there. That didn't yeah. work. And then he got traded to Buffalo. And then they expected him to kind of be one of those guys that he could finally break out. And then it didn't happen. And then he goes to St. Louis. So, you know, good on him. Yeah, gets dealt, wins a Selkie, wins the Conn Smythe of a Stanley Cup winning team. Uh, what a turnaround there. And we saw it this morning. Congratulations to uh, not Marco Scandella. Whoops. Jared Spurgeon, the new captain of nice. So the Wild. I guess Suter didn't want it. I really hey, hope there wasn't just a hey, whatever. Um, but hey, poor Suter. Poor Suter. I mean, Minnesota, congratulations. Just thought I'd, I'd quickly throw that in there. Yeah, nice. Story before we go uh, forward with Jared Splurgeon that he was drafted by the Islanders and was never given a contract. Really? Yeah, and then Minnesota just like, all right, we'll grab him because he was like a sixth round pick. Uh, the Islanders, man, they are—they're always fun to look back on, aren't they? It's we like, love Jared Splurgeon. Yeah. We just don't love his contract. That's true. That's true. Well, yeah. The lay, the, the cap hit's not bad. It's just the, the term is mm-hmm. a mistake. A mistake. Yeah. Another sort of bridge, another key centerman of Columbus signing a, a little bridge deal here. Pierre-Luc Dubois. This there's is a, nice. There's a few different uh, things we can talk about Pierre-Luc Dubois. Contract worth is $10 million, $5 million cap hit on both years. Now, what's really – this is a really fun few hours for Montreal Canadiens fans, I'll tell you that. So, Pierre Lebrun, who is very trusted. I love – who doesn't love Pierre? Great guy. Fantastic guy. We're a fan of Pierre's on this show. Yeah, we love Pierre's. But he he had a sort of tweet that suggested, he didn't flat out say that Pierre-Luc Dubois had asked for a trade, but maybe he was looking or had asked for a change of scenery. And that cued everyone to say, ah, French centerman, Quebec, come on down. As I say that you can't see this, but over my island is a Montreal Canadiens blanket. (laughs) And oh boy, were there trade proposals coming out. Now, a few hours after that tweet, oh my God, what do you know? Speaking of Quebec, same thing that kind of happened with Brendan Gallagher's contract, Dubois had signed. And I wanna, I'm gonna remember all the Habs fans that I saw trade Cole Caulfield and yes, very Kakinemi over those few hours. Oh no. But I would trade KK for Pierre Luc Dubois. I would do it. I would do so it. Would I. I would 100%. Not, not Suzuki. No. I don't want to trade Gasperi, but for for Dubois, um, thoughts on on the deal, Alex? Yeah, it's it's. I mean, listen, it's not uh, oh, it's not a horrible deal. I think he'll still be a RFA, obviously, at the end of it. I think he'll probably have arbitration rights at that point. But this is just, it's a very messy situation because it still seems, even after he signed that deal, that there's still rumors going around that he wants to be that he'd rather have a change of scenery. And you have to think this is, it's either going to go one of two, like it could be the Patrick Lyonet scenario where it's like, okay, well, we know he wants a change of scenery. It's going to happen or something's going to change. Because if you looked at, like if you felt the vibe after they beat, after they beat the Leafs and there was the whole, 
John Tortorella when he when he on the bench was yelling at Pierre Luc Dubois. Literally after that, he probably had the best games of his like career because like just the way he was playing, it was a, mm-hmm. it, it felt like a different uh, Dubois, and it felt like the vibe there was okay. You know, this is our guy long term. There was no rumors of him wanting a change of scenery up until now. Now, like, I think we've had this discussion on the podcast before. This could just be, you know, it goes up, 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 like the stress level goes up, up and up. Just like with Marner, he, we found out he rejected the eight by 11 and then everyone went mad. And then he signed like a week later. Mm -hmm. Now these rumors can completely die off. And I hope they do because if they lose Dubois, what's, What's it's better there? for that market if they keep him. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. There's two things I kind of see with this. Well, one's a funny joke I saw, I think, on Twitter with uh, Yarko Kekalainen, where it's like, I want to, um, Pierre Lucabal demands a change of scenery. And he's like, all right, do you want to play with Alex Texier or do you want to play Gustav Nyquist? Which one do you want? Uh, because that's really like Columbus can offer him. Uh, right. But for me, what I, I, I know this was a bit further down his career because he was an RFA at the time. But it just seems like a comparable to me. And it was where the New Jersey Devils were in 2012. And I'm looking at Zach Parise, where he was a guy that initially there were like some rumblings. He kind of wanted a change of scenery. And what New Jersey did was, all right, we'll give you, you know, a one year prove me kind of thing. And then we'll hopefully swing for the fences for a big deal later on and then that same year they also gave him the captaincy they said you're our guy and moving forward we're gonna keep building around you and then when you know those two rfa deals expire he decides to go to minnesota for that gigantic deal and i'm not saying that might happen where pierre luc dubois but it's that comparable i see where you know they look at that one forward. They look at that guy that could say that, you know, we've gone through a lot of things already when it came to losing other guys who didn't want to stay in this market. And, you know, we want to invest in you, but at the same time, we, we, we're not, you know, on the equal playing field in terms of negotiations or what the plan is moving forward. Because I, I hope Dubois sees a future in Columbus. I think it's going to be good for hockey, but you know, I, I don't I, I I could see where he's coming from now where maybe he wants to explore kind of things because Columbus I think has guys coming up but they just don't have the high end guys coming up to help him and it's just how I saw the Devils as well in 2012. Mm-hmm. Columbus, a star player. He, the they Columbus has been through such a weird off season to me. Because they trade uh, Marcus Nudivara, they trade Ryan Murray, and it's not like they got, really got asked m- many assets for it. I think both of them were fourth for fourth round picks or something around that. But and, and the expectation there was okay. You know what? They're clearing up cap space to sign Pierre Luc Dubois long term, and yes. now that doesn't happen. So that I mean, they're really. So their defense is Jones, Wierenski, Savard, Gavrikov, Dean Kukin, Scott Harrington, and Gabriel Carlson. I mean, this is a team, like, I know last year they were injury-ridden and still made the playoffs. I really do think with Corpus Salo and Elvis Merz-Lincolns, if they can do what they did last year, plus Jones and Wierenski, 
with, I mean, with the way they play offense that fits that they have that defense and goaltending duo, they could really, really make the playoffs. But now what? If listen, they need offensive weapons. They've all, it feels like Columbus's entire history. They've always needed more. We've seen what Tortorella can do with a bare bones roster. That's what he's doing right now. Right. But when they needed offense from their four words, if it's not been Cam Atkinson, who I think made a great point about say about the people saying he's only been good with uh, Panarin. I love that he was like, idiots, no, look at my hockey DB. I love Atkinson, by the way. It's been him and Dubois uh, on, on the forwards, obviously. So if they lose him, and I mean, listen, I love Max Domi, but we don't know what exactly Domi is yet because he's had two sort of real seasons where his knee has been out there and they've been up and down. So it's important. What's really funny is you mentioned not having the sort of high-end prospects there, Daniel. And man, Dubois needs a needs a winger. And I'm like, isn't this just the opposite of Rick Nash and how he needed a centerman forever and they never got him one? Yeah, it was just ironic to me because I just watched the Steve Dangle video about the Rick Nash trade tree. Oh, yeah. About like the years that Rick Nash like put up 30, 40 goals and, you know, like the, the next comparable was like 19 goals after him on that team. Hey, listen, just get Patrick Line. It's been rumored forever. Just go get Patrick Line. Get, give up whatever you got to try and make him to bring him in and make Pierre happy. Line has a great year with him. He pays. He plays with the first sign center, which is pretty wicked. And boom. Hey, I would have argued if they didn't trade Nudivar and Murray, maybe there's a, especially now, maybe there's a deal to be made. But we've had this discussion, I think, multiple times. What are you really like your your cupboards are pretty not full like what are you giving up your like we know they want a defenseman mm-hmm. you're not giving up uh jones or warensky that would be not a good move and then you got david savard and it's like okay okay david savard plus plus and what you know what i mean yeah i agree it'd be a great move for for columbus mm-hmm Another signing. I, I got it. Man, there's not a team that I love more watching than the Pittsburgh Penguins. It's, it's just, no, this is a good move. This is a good move. They signed John Marino. Alex, I'm going to go to you because of anyone on the show, I think you're his biggest fan. Six-year contract worth $26.4 million. The AAV on that deal is 4.4. Uh, it's one of the few good defensemen that Pittsburgh have. Yeah. Like, I think he used that to his advantage because, like, it's a good deal. I just, I don't know if he'd get 4.4 on many other, many other teams. But it's Chris Letang, Brian Dumblin, Pedersen, and John Marino. That's their defense. That's not and, a bad top four. Okay. And then their bottom pairing is and there it is. Mike Matheson, <laughs> Cody CC, Yuso Ricola, or Chad Ruedel. Ruedel. All right. There it is. The contract, though. The contract, I, I don't mind like 4.4 for six years. I think it's uh, it will end a year after um, 
you know, and two years after Marcus Patterson and, and one year after <laughs> Mike Matheson, which I don't know if it says much about the Marino contract or says how bad the Mike Matheson contract really is. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, but Daniel, I do enjoy prob- the deal. Oh, sorry. No, I, okay, I do sorry, like the right. deal. Probably, Daniel, a comparison to the Rasmus Anderson contract. Just under um, Rasmussen got six years, 4.5 per, or 4.555 per, but a fair comparable for Marino. In, in this in this cap economy, mm-hmm. really good for the guy to get a deal like that. Yes. Um, you know, we did not say this ever in the offseason, but, you know, pat on the back. Jim Rutherford. Um, yeah. 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 I think it's a great deal. He is someone that we've talked about before, you know, for the last year that, you know, the Penguins, what is their prospect pool look like outside of Samuel Poulin? Um, especially if they traded like Kalen Addison, you know, traded away that first round pick. That so they eventually the- trade Poulin too, because they will. Yeah, probably. And to get someone like John Marino, where it's ironic that, Edmonton traded him when they really needed a defenseman like him because he didn't want to sign there. And what he's really developed in Pittsburgh has been great for them because, you know, we've looked at that core, excellent core. You know, we never count out Crosby, but they are getting older. And to get someone that could kind of fill in along with Marcus Pedersen is excellent for their defense, especially when, you know, Justin Schultz is gone. Uh, Jack Johnson's gone. Not saying that these guys were, you know, the most effective all the time, but you know, they were minute munchers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially Jack Johnson for some reason. Yeah. He played a lot. I'll never understand. I, in their series versus Montreal in the playing round, I sure did notice Jack Johnson a lot. <laughs> Normally ended up in Montreal scoring. <laughs> Love to see it. Our last sort of the signing here. And of course we're going to save the best for last. A move that was not a real surprise to me. I want to get your guys' take on this. The Montreal Canadiens, have signed Corey Perry to a one-year deal. Guys, well, making it's seven hundred and fifty k. Okay, like, I've always been a Habs fan. You know, uh, coming for this deal, um, it's excellent signing. Adds the grit, and you know he's closer to home of London, Ontario. Yeah, grew up a Habs fan actually. Mm-hmm. Fun fact. But go no, go ahead then, Daniel. I want I want your. Did he didn't grow up a Ducks fan? No, no, he didn't. <laughs> Did he actually I, grow up? A, I, I have a question. I didn't know I'll that. Let Daniel, I'll let Daniel go first because I have a question. All right. Um, yeah, I think it's excellent signing. Um, I'm happy he found another team, <laughs> to be honest. I was kind of scared there that he was going to just stay on the market for a while. Mm-hmm. But again, you know, Montreal keeps adding to that that depth that, uh, you know, another guy you could probably add into the taxi squad. He might not play every day, but when he does come in, you know, he adds that grit and you never really know, like, in crunch time, what he could give. Like, in Dallas, what we saw him do in the finals, he is a guy that, you know, he's not going to give you the 50 goal, 40 goals, 50, 40 goals anymore, but he's someone that could surprise you that when we saw Dallas's offense somehow translate back to the 2003 draft of Joel Pavelski and Corey Perry, it's just another option you could add there that he will provide you with, you know, you know, effective play in limited minutes. Mm-hmm. Alex. Yeah, no. So I know he's actually a um, a, a Canadians fan because mm-hmm. I was reading something about it after you'd sent it to me. But <laughs> there's this thing in soccer where when the guy joins the joins the team, he says, 
He goes, man, it was my dream to play for this club. And they usually say it everywhere they go. And I have a, I just have a feeling that I know <laughs> when, when you can't find it officially, I have a feeling some of these guys are lying. It sounds like a hockey. generic, it sounds like a generic <laughs> EA games yeah. add in. <laughs> so someone actually, no, I had the same feeling. So somebody actually found one of his old, it's like a, a junior's like profile thing on him. Yeah. And back then he said he was a Habs fan. Oh yeah, I have it here. So, it's on the so Ducks weird. page. Mm-hmm. But so, does he have a picture of him with a Montreal Canadiens blanket sleeping in his bed? He remembers bed? the 1993 Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah, with his like Star Wars toy like on the side. I don't know. Yeah, but he he has an X-wing instead before of a it was ring. before it was made. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Um. I like the signing. Zero risk. Only had five goals in the playoffs, which actually matched his season total by like 20 less games. And I didn't realize this till after I had made my video. Go check that out, by the way. They were like all game winners. The guy is the perfect sort of playoff performer in in, in a way. Um, Again, he's not going to be the sort of Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, 25 points each in that playoff run. But he is the famous saying that Bergeron has of there are guys who get you to the playoffs and guys who get you through the playoffs. Somebody left a comment on my video I thought was really, really good. Thomas Tatar is a guy who helps you get to the playoffs. He doesn't help you get through. Has had his best seasons in Montreal, but when they got to the playoffs and returned to play, he disappeared. Was not noticeable. So they need more guys like that. And again, Perry and his media availability didn't make it sound like he was playing every night. And you know he doesn't have that expectation. So having a guy like him as a sort of like, it's so weird to think that if this signing had happened last year or the year before, Corey Perry's probably in the top nine guaranteed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And now he he may not have a roster spot. And it's just, it's another sort of, it's a testament to where Montreal's depth has come to all of a sudden. I just, I I really, really like it. It's going to be, and like his style of play, people are going to fall in love with him so quickly. It's like I, I I don't like playing against I don't like my team playing against Corey Perry. No one does. No, no one does. So um, I, I'm I'm all of a sudden the biggest Corey Perry fan in the world. And there was a Canadians fan I saw a tweet saying, "It's time to delete a, a decade worth of Corey Perry hate tweets." Right, <laughs> right, right. It's like Joel Ward. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he wasn't necessarily going to bring you to the playoffs, but when he got to the playoffs, it was a different Joel Ward. Mm-hmm. I think the stats would show. I think even just the point totals would show that. I'm just happy he has a team, to be honest, because like the way things was kind of, you know, transpired in Anaheim towards the end that they realized he wasn't a top guy anymore. And the fact that that effectiveness is still there, that he's, he's grown into the role he needs to play now in his career, not Scorey Perry. I mean, he's still Scory Perry, but I mean, not, you know, top, top line guy that, you know, he's a shoe in every Olympics. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's not, nowadays, he's just a nice, simple depth bastard to play against. You think he's going to affect Josh Anderson pretty well? Because they play, I mean, Josh Anderson doesn't have the, you know, the scoring that Perry had in his prime, but it's like they play a similar style. I mean, Anderson can skate. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's it's going to be fun seeing. Can you ima- like just imagine that? 
you've dealt with the, the Deneau line. Here's the one with Joss Anderson in it. Now it's Yola Armia. Now it's Corey Perry. You get through them in the back end, there's Shea Weber or Ben Chirot. There's Joel Edmondson. Maybe right. maybe uh, Romanov can, some of the hits he was laying out in practice, maybe he, it seems to be he's very much a play, he breaks up plays and he hits. Like there's a physical sort of eye-catching game. Like the, can, oh, it's, it's, they're not going to be fun to play. I'm excited. I'm really excited. Um, by the way, this is from Jeff Svoboda. Yermo Kekalainen describes negotiations with Pierre-Luc Dubois as really smooth. Says the team had uh, deals of two, three, and eight years on the table. Wow, there we go. <laughs> so, just thought that was really funny um, to mention. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so um, I, maybe yeah. those were just the rumors um, yeah. at the time, similar with what happens with a lot of other RFAs. Yeah. Um, apparently, it's something he says smooth because people have talked about that apparently – it, um, I think Friedman has mentioned this a few times on 31 Thoughts, the podcast, that negotiating with Guillermo Kekalainen is very much a grind. It's just not fun. So, I mean, I'll, I'll still hold hope that him and Ajo are going to come to Montreal in the same year and it's going to be a super <laughs> team and it's going to be great. Absolutely fantastic. Um, I do have <clears throat> some breaking news because I do not think this is in the document. Big news. Oh. I believe Mike also texted it in the chat, but this is from Arthur Staple. The Athletic, New York Great. Islanders. Mm-hmm. Uh, the New York Islanders camp has begun with off-ice testing today, and Matthew Barzal is officially a holdout. Barry Trotz confirmed Barzal is not in camp yet, though he has been on Long Island. You have to make sure you're adaptable, Trotz says. We're gonna we're going to worry about who we can put on the ice. Oh boy! A Leafs wow. fan is the first uh, comment. This is ridiculous. I'm going to burn my IELTS season tickets. <laughs> a story to keep an eye on. Uh, listen, the Islanders are are the, yeah. the Islanders are having cap problems. Listen, I'm not saying like I w- we know why they're in cap problems. Let's not pretend. Yeah. We, we don't know here. Like maybe paying Casey Zizekas 3.3 Leo Komarov three and Kyle Clutterbuck three and a half might be an issue. Yeah, um, it is. This is true. This is true. Uh, we do have a few more things to talk about. Tampa and Ottawa made a trade, which is, I hate of Tampa Bay so much. <laughs> there is Jack Roslevic has demanded a trade. And like, who do you think you are? Uh, the Blackhawks are doing stuff, but we'll, we'll break that up a little later. And we'll talk about the world juniors to have some ebb and flow here. Stay tuned for the rest of that stuff in a moment, though. Quarterfinal results. Let's go. World Juniors. Who doesn't love a good tournament, guys? It's been great. Germany. Their run has come to an end against the Russians. It was a close game. It was. I was surprised by that. Mm-hmm. Russia was, like, was Sorry, go ahead. Russia was Russia. You know what I mean? But, you know, Germany did what they could. They, uh, it was a Cinderella run. Mm-hmm. It really, it was. really was. I was, I love Germany. I'm, I'm on their team. And Tim Stutzla, I hate that the Sens have him. He's going to be yeah. tearing up the Atlantic whenever we go back to that for years to come. Yeah, it's, a, it's, uh, it was a really good run. And I think, I think it would have been different if they didn't have 
eight guys missing. Man, they could have beat the Russians. They could have done it. It was they were yeah. hanging in there. They weren't. I think they we we walked into the tournament, saw Canada beat them sixteen nothing. I think we might have forgotten. No, I, I don't mean the three of us. I just mean people in general. That mm-hmm. how much of a steep decline from playing from your full squad to missing. How many players did they miss in the first game? They only had fourteen Again, skaters, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. So and Bob said like nine guys had been like nine complete members had been tested positive. Like Tim Stutzel played like twenty five minutes, I believe. Yeah, like when you you're playing Canada, who literally pretty much has a full team of first round picks. They have a full roster, and you have uh, fourteen guys, and and it's not like all the guys. They're good hockey players, but they're not at the level of the first round picks that Canada has. So it's already harder there. Now you're missing all. You're you have fourteen guys. You have to overload those guys. It would have been a. It's of course it's a complete disaster. The way they've been able to rally in this short tournament and you know make these games competitive has been has been really astounding to me. Um, I remember Rachel Dory tweeted out, and I actually forgot. You know, we I mentioned before Lucas Reichel missing from this, but you know I did not include Maurice Scheider, who I did not know was still eligible to play for this uh, tournament. Mm-hmm. You know that is a huge loss on their back end, and you know. All hats off to Germany. They've been great. But the only thing I kind of see with this too is, you know, as dominant as Russia's been in some of their games, you know, they these have been pretty close games that, you know, they, their loss against the Czech Republic and then winning 2-1 against Germany. Those have been really interesting. You know, I don't want to, you know, curse or jinx anything going into their game against Canada um, on Monday. But this is just something that I kind of see, like, is this a Russia team that, you know, they for as much as they're good, is it the kind of the same narrative? Like, there's the little things here and there that's gonna like hold them back going forward. When they look good, they look good. But are they? Cons- I think is consistency is the question. Because I remember, um, yeah, I agree with you, Alex. Like, I remember Ray Ferraro talked about it, where you know, the Czech Republic when they beat them two zero, they basically played New Jersey Devils early 2000s out, you know, they clogged up the neutral zone. They played a semi-trap system. They knew they didn't have the talent to kind of go against the top six, but they still kept using that. And Russia never kind of adjusted to that style of play. They still used the skills. They still brought their top guys to just try to bring it into the offensive zone. See, that was Finland's problem. They didn't game plan for Canada and they got embarrassed. They got embarrassed and it's funny, the consistency issue has also sort of been a Skarov story in this tournament. And I think I joked last episode that there's one day going to be a compilation of that guy letting up some pretty saucy goals after probably some giveaways. He's got some fish in him. He's got some McElhaney fish in him, the way he plays the game. Yeah. And it's, it's going to be a big problem. Because somehow, like, Levi for Canada hasn't really been tested. I guess yesterday, I, I, you know, the the Czechs put up a good fight, right, against the Canadians. And, and Levi probably, he had to make some saves. He had to make some saves, obviously. He's had to make some good. When he has been tested, it hasn't been that much. But he's come up big. And it's weird to think that out of 
between, you know, we've heard so much about Askarov all year, you know, going into the 20, uh, 2020 draft. And the fact that right now he had a weak tournament last year, it's, it's looking about the same this year. And if there was one thing going into this tournament when we talked about goaltending, it was the opposite way around. We weren't sure about Cannon. If we knew anything about the Russians, it was Askarov. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a question. Uh, we talked about yeah. the Swedes. Sweden, sorry, we talked about the Finns who beat yes. Sweden yesterday. Mm-hmm. I lost confidence in the Finns after that Canadian game, but I think they learned from it. And the problem with Sweden is they did not learn from their mistakes this no. tournament. They're 54 or 50, I think it was at 54 it got snapped. They're per, per mili, you know what? Preliminary. 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 Okay. That they're fifty-four. <laughs> li- God dang it! You know what I'm trying to say. You guys, yes, yeah, preliminary. fifty-four preliminary preliminary preliminary. Pre- you know what? You I'm say that okay. prelims. The prelims. Yeah, their prelims fifty-four game winning streak came to an end versus the Russians in an, an amazing game, by the way, in, in the dying seconds of OT. They should have pulled their goalie in the first after that second week goal. They did it. And then what happens versus the Finns? The Swedes blow a 2-0 lead. Actually, their tournament ends with them losing three straight games because the Americans also beat them. And I just... A lot of people sort of thought that maybe them losing the streak was going to take the pressure off. But no, they just... They fell apart. Why would they? Why would that be the case? That's such an odd thing to say. Imagine because winning 54 games in a row and losing one and saying, well, they're going to come back. Sure. Because they're 20 it, years old. It's more the thing of there was, it's kind of connected to the whole thing of in that run, how they've only won gold medal that maybe if you could take, cause we all know Sweden are always good enough to get through the prelims, yeah. but maybe if you could take the pressure off of there and you know what, maybe it would allow them. I know it sounds kind of silly, but maybe that would sort of relieve that pressure yeah, and it would sort of give them a chance. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but you know what I mean. Like it's like it's something to not think about as they get to the next games. I, I think yeah. that's what you're saying, right? Because you shouldn't focus on the prelims if you're a team like Sweden. They don't mean anything to you. The same with the the Russians and the Canadians. Like honestly, if you watch this year, you should honestly be thinking, "I'm never watching a Canadian prelim game game again." No. Unless it's like New Year's versus the States because they don't mean anything. I don't want to watch a 16-2-10-1 game when I can just – Canada's going to make it. Right. And if you're just focusing on, you know, a decade, fifth was it, like 15 years, back when Jack Johnson was a junior was the last time. Remember that? <laughs> that you can actually focus on where it matters. It's kind of like Tampa Bay. Who gives a crap that they win 62 games in the regular season? The playoffs are where it matters. That's really been yeah. shown the last two years. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Story of it, yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And they they did lose some some players from COVID as well, and their coaching staff. But yeah, I'm interested. Like, you you brought up the goalie. That guy, he's supposed to be he's supposed to be a very good goalie. Like this year, he's in in the SHL. He's six three and zero. Obviously, his tournament has not been uh, maybe the greatest, but it's also his first year there. Like. We talked about it last year with Spencer Knight and um, – or we talked about it with Askrov, not Spencer Knight. Talked about Yaroslav Askrov, who didn't have a great tournament. But I think maybe this year it's a little bit of a different story. 
I think it's Hugo Anfelt. No, he's the, he's the Tampa guy, right? Who played know. yesterday? Hugo Anfelt or Jesper Wallstedt? I don't. I believe it was Jesper Wallstedt. I thought it was Anfelt. Good. It was the same guy. Like, hey, listen. I'll right. find out. I'll find the out. Point I'll find is, out. It's okay. Yeah. Is regardless, Sweden's goaltending cost them. It failed. As them. well as the fact that they relied on Raymond and Holtz, and it wasn't enough. Yeah. That was the big. Now, listen. This that that Scandinavian battle was really just a showcase of Detroit prospects. Like their fans are watching, saying, "Yeah, I like this." Yeah. But regardless, like their their goal, like the last goal Finland scored in the dying seconds of that game should not have gone. And that's when you have your skate against the post and you lock it up. That's a goal that should never go in. And yeah. like I say, again, like the American game, Trevor Zegras has arguably been the best player of this tournament, or Cousins, but or Cousins, god dang it. <laughs> By the way, shout out to the Buffalo Sabres guys, because like JJ Paterka mm-hmm. and Cousins are so good, but like you know what I mean is like Zgrass is bad. And when you let him and that American team get on the board early and you let in that type of goal, mm-hmm. how does your team come back from that? You can't effectively play the game if you can't trust your goalie to make the save. San Jose is a perfect example of that. Uh, it I was I'll, Hugo Alderfeld, yeah. by the way, who was in that. Hugo all okay. All right, you were right. My apologies for that. But yeah, for me, why take on Sweden has been these are this is a team that they had that high end talent coming back. They had all these guys. And you know, I if I'm gonna use another World Junior comparable that, you know, managed to get through the tournament without trusting their goalie, I'm gonna look back on two thousand and nine and Dustin Tokarski, where you know, he had a horrible oh, safe percentage. He did not looked too good in that tournament but Canada just outscored everybody like there are a lot of 6486 games mm-hmm. and you know you need that to happen if you don't trust your goalie in these tournaments especially if you don't have a high end prospect in the net and Sweden had the opportunity to do that they had the stability on defense to do that like I looked at Tobias Bjornfoot I looked at Philip Broberg and they just did not deliver no. Um, by the way, from Aaron Portsline, Columbus coach John Trellerell says Pierre-Luc Dubois' desire for a trade will be handled similarly in one respect to how Bobrovsky and Panarin played out two seasons ago. They're conf- confronted as a group and deal with it out in the open, he said. So Trellerell actually... the first time. Yeah, actually uh, acknowledged First time it. addressed it, yeah. Yeah, because the yeah. first time they did that, it went so well. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it looks like um, Tortorella is talking at the same time as Mark Bergevin, actually. So that's interesting. Um, who else do we have to talk about here? Uh, Canada beats the Czech Republic. The Czechs put up a much better fight than their than their game in the um, in the prelims. Round robin, I'll just say now. Preliminaries. That was a there, we go. Hey, there we go. Got it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know what else there is really to say. I just want to. I will say this. Jan Meischak, Habs prospect. I knew you were going to mention this guy. Yeah. Good tournament. He, was, he played really well. Yeah, he did. Captain. My captain. A Czech captain. The second coming of Thomas Lukanix. Top player of the tournament for the, the Czechs. Well, one of as the top. He, yeah, as he should have been. Because mm-hmm. he was amazing. I was surprised when I game the um, 
one thing I was surprised where I know they weren't getting the same quality chances, but they were getting shots on Devin Levi. Like they were out shooting Canada quite a few times. Well, don't forget shot counts is the checks just block everything. <laughs> Tortorella is like, I love this. This is my hockey. He's going to show tape of that game against the Russians mm-hmm. for years to come. Break, breaking new John Tortorella will coach the Czech Republic Olympic team. <laughs> Oh. God, how do you say that's what I'm saying, Brooksy and Czech? I remember. Um, do you guys remember Ted Nolan? Um, no. the coach. His son is Jordan Nolan, who played for the LA Kings. Mm-hmm. So he was any know, relation he, to Owen Nolan? No, not unfortunately. Um, Ted Nolan. He was the coach of the Buffalo Sabers, and this guy is Canadian, right? Um, he coached the Latvian Olympic team. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. And they beat Canada in the game, didn't they? They almost no. Um, that was the uh, Olympic game where uh, where was it? Kristaps, uh, was that Porzingis? Chris, no, Porzingis. Um, <laughs> Guns this I can't remember his name, but he was the guy that put up like sixty f- saves against Canada, but they still lost. Ah, oh. oh, the Olympics. We love you. Okay, uh, last game we'll talk about. Um, well, the, not technically, because we'll preview Canada. I mean, the U.S. game. Like, look, we don't need to talk about Canada. We will if they make it to the gold medal game. They're probably going to make it to the gold medal game. You have to neutral- Cousins, they they great. have to neutralize some of Alex's favorite players to get through to it. <laughs> okay. Um, anyway, Ilya Mirov. The Slovaks yeah. in a bit of a chippy game. A bit of a chippy game versus the Americans, though. They get through. And the game-winning goal in that game. No. You know who it came from? Um, it came from the birthday boy. <laughs> Bar down boy, Cole Caulfield. <laughs> I hear he's a good player. Oh, he's no. so good. Oh, my God, that <laughs> really? shot. Oh, that shot was... Oh. Wait, oh, what time did he score at? Game. I don't even remember. It was I can't. That game started at ten thirty. I was no. I was. I was. Like, I was doing? in and out of it. Right. It was too late for me. Because he was but, born on January second. So if it was after midnight, technically it wasn't you know his what? birthday. I think Wait, are we using Mountain too. Time or Eastern Time? <laughs> like, whatever. Stop whatever. Admin thing. Stop. Stop it. Because they're. Toronto time. Toronto time. Okay. Toronto and Montreal time. Okay, okay. That's it. Cole Caulfield. He had a great. He hit the post a couple of times. Like he was rocking. You you don't worry about a goal scorer if they get their chances. When they're not, that's when you worry. But oh no. boy, he was on fire. It would be great. Like oh. we already knew that you know he was going to be our projections as one of the top guys in the tournament, and he's kind of really shown it. He is really helping. You know, it's a scary U.S. team. He's on the second line. Except, uh, except that goaltending. I don't know about that goaltending. Yeah, that goaltending is kind of spotty. Dustin oh, Wolf, yeah. you know, should get a chance. Let's not. That's not. so funny. That's not. Didn't he play two games, Dustin Wolf? Dustin I have Wolf, it here. I have it here. He played one. two games. Oh, it says uh, elite prospects have him playing two games. Oh, okay. 
So I think I might believe them. Well, usually when you have, you know, a consensus guy that, you know, supposed to be your guy, supposed to play Wait, wait, game. hold on. Does it count the game he came in as relief as a game played? Or That's no? probably what it, yeah. what it was. Because okay. it only has him has a record of like one and oh or something like that. Let me just double check on what Spencer Knight's been playing. You're just I mean, so against four games. Spencer. I mean, Devin Levi, okay. you know, they only let uh, Dylan Garrel play uh, when, you know, it was already kind of a... You know, sure thing against Germany. Let's talk about how how, how Spencer Knight doesn't have an assist as a goalie. I know. I didn't realize this is his third straight tournament. <laughs> He's Damn. just been there for a, He really is their guy. Well, it, it must be his birthday, right? April the 19th, 2001, I guess. But, yeah, that's odd. Well, he didn't play his first year, right? So he You know who was the last American goalie to play three tournaments? Quick. Ryan Miller. I don't Snyder. Know. Sorry, this is probably a, a precursor to our our eventual quiz show, but um uh, it was Jack Campbell. Uh, really? Yeah, he played three straight tournaments. Well man, you know, know that. that Devin Levi is on track that if he plays every game in the tournament, he wins the gold medal. He's the first goaltender to do so since Carey Price. Wow. And he is also a part of the list of the of goalies. This is all from Sportsnet stats, by the way. They have had multiple shutouts in the tournament, like, and it was a it was such a funny list because it was like Carey Price, Justin Pogge, oh. like, ah, this is when so you remember all, all the superstars world there. Yeah, and that's when you remember it's yeah. like yeah, the World Juniors as Drake Majori Dory has done a very good job of reminding people it's not the be all end all of showing the potential of a player for an NHL career. But it is funny that if someone has a bad tournament, we will rightfully defend them that they are great. Because you did say, has Caulfield been playing? Yeah, like Caulfield's been playing great. But the thing is, when you are a goal scorer, and Ray and Ray and Gord were saying, our close personal friend, not really. They were saying, if you're if you're, if you're a goal scorer and you're not scoring, you're miserable. You can do all the right things, and like Caulfield's, like his skating, his back checking. Even though because of how small he is, when he throws a hit, I don't know if the other team feels it. I love I love you, Cole. I do. I love him. So we love much. the effort. Like it's there. His he has a more complete game, but if he's not scoring, right? And then it's like Byfield until he had that like six point game. Everyone was like, "Ah, oh, he's bad." It's like, what are you talking about? And then it's like he has the wicked game, has like the most points in the games is like Lemieux and Gretzky, and everyone's like, "Ah, that never happened." I'd like, like to point out because the big thing is the Stutzla Byfield comparison, and I'm just gonna say it now: different type of player. And Byfield is playing with a bunch of guys that could also score. Tim Stutzla is carrying that team. Also, Byfield, youngest guy on the team. Yeah. And he's that good. Like, come on. Because, like, his power forward style, like, I'm not saying that, you know, it's a traditional third, fourth line, but his his power forward style just bodes well, you know, for a checking line. Yeah. He's just – it's like when Tavares was the checking role in one of the series against Boss. And I think he only had, like, three points. And everyone was like, ah, he's like, no, he just, people got to realize that there are roles that you have to play in hockey. It's not simply, I score more goal than you. Well, I win hockey because, game. No, be, it's like Patrice well, Bergeron has yeah. only hit 70 points like twice in his career. Unbelievable. Yeah. Not good enough. Trade him. <sighs> Get him out of the NHL. Yeah, I'll, I'll take him. You can have <laughs> Paul Byron. <laughs> uh, silly people. Free agent after next year is Patrice Bergeron. Oh, he'll resign. 
is coming home. I hope not. Yeah, come to Montreal. Why not? Play the fourth line. <laughs> Play I'll the take him. Without the nose and be like, you know, he's playing the same role as me. That's like in the NHL games, you sign someone, it's like, oh, this person lost I morale because mean... he's the same role as him. I'm play. I'm. I'm not playing as well as this guy. This isn't fair. I'm not scoring <laughs> any points. I don't want to be here problem. anymore because these guys okay. are bad. like. Come on, Phil. I'd like to have come a meeting of, with about my minutes. Yeah, there's such. There's all this positive energy around this team right now. Let me just ruin it. Thanks, Phil. I hope you stay though. You know who was? I was watching some of the. It was a, a TSN thing on the best world junior goals ever. You know who was in a lot of those. Sydney Phil Crosby. Kessel. Oh, no! I, Phil Kessel. Kessel was. I didn't realize that guy was a world junior monster. Uh, he's monster. a good player. I don't understand Great, what yeah. this idea is. I think he came when he came to Toronto, and it was for those two the those picks. It it absolutely ruined him. Yeah, because you didn't hear any of that when he was on the Bruins. You just I remember hearing that you know he's just a prospect they're developing. I remember when he went to Toronto, I was like shocked of he. What? He's a good player, man. Like, yeah. it's I don't know why. Like, okay, maybe now things have kind of declined because maybe he's out of his prime. But like, he's. I just still, believe it that it's was, Arizona. Yeah, I was about to. Yeah. Arizona. They don't like have real ice. Like in Toronto, even the last few years in Toronto, when he was, when it was like, oh God, just please trade Phil. Like this, just uh, everyone was blaming him. Just he was still a good player. Like. Mm-hmm. Unfortunate. Uh, anyway, so predictions: Finland versus the Americans. Who do you guys have? Uh, the Americans. U.S. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good. Same here. Unless, no, I'm just joking. Just it's going to be six-two U.S. I don't know about that. No, no, no. <laughs> I think it's going to be Finland? a tough game. Yeah, it's going to be. It's going to be. Yeah. It's going to be a. It's going to be a good, good game. Um, but I do think the U.S. comes out on top. I would not be surprised if the Finns won, but I, you guys know I am rooting for... First of all, listen. The World Juniors don't need Canada. I'm throwing it out there. Okay, I'm throwing this hot take out. We it don't sounds need like them. a tweet. We don't... Yeah, I wonder... Which, okay, which one of you tweeted from the show? I need to know. About what? I think it was Alex. About what? About do when I tweeted, do we need Canada, the World Juniors? No, that wasn't me. So Daniel, not only did you that was the podcast, the not no, no, any no, of us. No, no, you're not, yeah, no, it has it its own. I didn't power. even know <laughs> that was a thing. Not only this is how you, out of here I am. So Daniel, not only did you go to the show and tweet at it, you Wait. then went to your personal account <laughs> and tweeted at me as well. Wait, where is it? Did you take it down? I might have gotten rid of it because I was like, I just, what is this? <laughs> Let me search it. Let's I don't see. even know. I- <laughs> I don't know at what point when this anyway, was tweeted. Was it <laughs> Finland have a chance? Finland are a good team. It's just we need to. I need to address this. Yeah, you like, deleted. Honestly, the, you deleted the tweet. Yeah, because it didn't go anywhere. I was like, okay, guess this isn't not causing. I was hoping some people would get involved, like Mike, but they didn't. So I'm like, I, I tried. That's the- why um the podcast <laughs> got involved. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. But anyway, like what I'm saying is like for the good of the thing, this sucks, but. There is the Canadian part, even though I'm British. I do want to kind of see the Americans in the 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 I mean, like a U.S. Canada matchup, and Caulfield gets the game-winning goal in OT. 
and that's how we hope. Oh it goes. my god, uh, I don't, I don't see Alex saying that about Mikhail Abramov. Well, you know, Miro Hyvernen. Miro, Rony, Rony, Canada, Russia, Canada. I'm sorry, yeah, Canada, Russia. Who wins? Yeah. If I'm being honest, that I think that's really gonna if. If Russia comes into that game playing the way we we've seen them play before, I think that could be a really tough game, and I think it it could be a really really good game. Um, I guess I guess I should go with Canada since I'm wearing a Canada jersey, so I will go with Canada. I didn't know you had a Sydney Crosby World Cup. Yeah, That's pretty cool. Yeah, I don't. I forgot I had it. I didn't. I don't remember. My dad got it. I don't remember from where yeah. though. That's cool. Okay. Um, I'm going for Canada. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think the Russians stand a chance, to be honest with you. Really? I know Alex is torn by this, but... No, I think, like, here's the thing, is it depends on what which Russia shows up. That's what that's the what's... issue is. Mm-hmm. And that's what the issue is. That's the worst thing, though. You're going against Canada, and we don't know what you're going to show up with. Hey, man. You know what's odd a, to yeah. me? That for the Canadian team, like it's, I know there's always the one offs, but it's actually really rare you see a Leaf or a Hab at the Real Juniors for Canada. Like Caden Gooley is there, but then when you look back on the Leafs, like the last one was what, Ian Scott? And then before that was like Mitch Marner and Travis Dermott. Yeah. Well, Montreal haven't been drafting a lot of Canadians, to be honest with you. It's a lot of Europeans. Everyone's always like, they like French Canadians, they don't draft them a lot anymore. Is uh you, is Montreal upset about that? Because uh, there are always those pocket of fans that are this the sort of. I remember uh, reading you know, that feature. A feature, I think it was for uh, Sports Illustrated about Montreal's distaste for Chris Chelios being named captain. It's because he's American. I, I understand there are oh, Greek American. I, I understand having you know, a, like having an important member of staff who speaks French. Because first of all, what we kind of have to remember is we have two languages in this country and mm-hmm. people kind of forget about French and that Quebec speaks French. So like you have, if you're running the French team, uh, yeah, Ottawa's oh, yeah. whatever, like you, you need to oh, have that. But, like you don't need to like have your GM be French. You don't have to have the coach be French. Yeah. Like, as long as they make the commitment, like that is like, I would expect them to at least be like, I'm going to play here. I'm going to make an effort to speak French. Does Shea Weber speak never, French? It, I don't think he does. No, no not at it, all. It was, the, it was the art. The thing I was saying um, back in the bubble, because there yeah. was a small, there was a small group of fans complaining about uh, Kirk Muller, Kirk Muller. And, and I fully understand, like, I fully understand that. Like it, it fully, it, it makes sense to me. But it's like in a very particular situation where Claude Julian, like something terrible has happened, something bad has happened. Like and your first contact. reaction, yeah, like your first reaction is to complain that he doesn't speak French. And I understand it's a small part of the mm-hmm. small part of the fan base. It just didn't make sense. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Gouli, by the way. Apparently, Bergevin said it's possible that Gouli and Meshach come over to Montreal at some point, depending on what happens in the OHL and WHL. Because those of you who don't know, Meshach actually plays for the Hamilton Bulldogs. Um, okay, so we are good there. Uh, we'll, we'll save Chicago, I guess. We, it feels right. like we've been going forever. Um, we've been going Jack- for less than an hour. Or really? Over, no, over an hour now. 
Okay. Um, just time goes by when you're having fun. So Jack Roslovic mm-hmm. has asked for a trade. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, like I mean, he's a good player. Are. It's just like no, he just hasn't. I don't think that's proven fair, it. Though. I don't think that's fair though, because I think if it was the player who came out first and said that, I think it's a completely different story. And it's the same with the NHL and the PA. Whoever leaks it first is mm. the one is the one who wins the battle. It's, it's it happens every time. But uh, yeah. It just, mean, it's, yeah. it's weird to me because like I think he is an excellent player. He's someone that has a lot of potential, but it's just you know, it's it's weird. He's there and then the Jets for like a year and a half, like, yeah, we need center depth. And he's right there. Yeah. I'm they I'm put very Andrew curious. Cobb on the first line in the playoffs. I'm very curious at what the contract negotiations are like because they could completely be like just screwing him. In negotiations, but they're the first ones who put the the trade request out first, so they win. I'm not, not going to lie. And this is coming from a Jonathan Druin fan. Yeah. And I've said the same thing about Joe. I I kind of hate it when a young player is like, I want out. It's like, no offense, but buddy, you haven't scored 30 points before. And you're requesting a trade. Like, like dude, Patrick Line is on the way out. And he's fighting to get real minutes. Who do you think you are? Yeah. Like, honestly, like, like well, he should, you mentioned, you know, like, Terrence yeah. doing it. It's like, man, like, if Line is probably going to be gone, even if you're, like, you don't end up playing center. And I will admit, I am not 100% that knowledgeable on how he has been playing. But there is an opportunity for somebody in that top six when Line A goes. And even yeah. when Stastny's gone, because he's not going to be around there for more than a season, or effectively, if you're Roslovic, then instead what I would do is you see the opportunity is coming, or at least your agent or someone close to you, if you're looking at the situation around you, is you see where there is a chance for you to shine here. Even your, if in your limited minutes, you need to shine and earn the opportunity here. Mm-hmm. It's not just simply, we need centers. I am the center. Therefore, you will give me the chance to play center. It's like the set with the sense have just been talking about they're doing. The young guys are going to have to earn a spot because you need yeah. to learn that compete. You, you cannot be complacent if you are young. Because guess what? Those guys who are drafted high and don't adapt because they can't, like, it's a much different game now. Like, if you're not going to be having the puck as much. Mm-hmm. Like, you're nothing in this league, unfortunately. You have to earn it. And Mike has mentioned Logan Brown as an example in Ottawa. Yeah. You know, and it's... Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I'm, I was, I'm done. I'm done. I was just going to say, like, I think there's, there's so many... There's different situations, and I think this one is one where, like, he should be in the NHL. Like, I don't necessarily think that's up for discussion. Oh, yeah, but, yeah. But... You have the opportunity there. I think for there's different guys who should have been in the NHL who didn't and requested a trade. Like let's, and I I want to get to this maybe after this, but like Josh Hosang, like I I do think he's an NH like he should be in the NHL. I don't see why not. And guys who've been skating with skating with him in the summer have have said yeah, like I don't see why he's not in the NHL. And I really think like the New York Islanders are really screwing him. Like you tendered his. Uh, qualifying offer whatever we'll maybe we'll talk about it after but no don't go do it now if you want we 
It's fine. It's, it's just fine. Chicago and Tampa. He is or a guy. It's, for, it's, it's been forget. seven years since he's been drafted. So, it's, you know, it's, I'm going to forget yeah. what I was going to say about Jack Roslovic. Um, but with Roslovic, like you got both of you said, he has the opportunity. Like, yes, they brought in Paul Statsny, but Paul Statsny's not going to be there for more than a year. What are the chances he resigns? And if he resigns, how good is he going to be that next year? Someone eventually has to step up. And he, and okay, they have Cole Perfetti. Is Cole Perfetti going to be in the NHL this year? Probably not. Like, you have the opportunity there. If you want to sign and, and do one year, prove yourself. If at that point you prove yourself and they're still not offering you a contract that you think is reasonable, then go ahead and request a trade. But at this point, I don't necessarily think there's enough there that they're they're going to trade him. They're, they could just let him sit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's a young guy. He's someone that we don't know how the locker room is, but, you know, we it, it's like, you know, the, there's Blake Wheeler and then the assistants. You know, these are guys that, you know, they've made their bones already in the NHL. And like Adam says, like, it's just a weird thing to see when a young guy demands a trade like this because – like I, it just you know when it comes to like that factor that he may sit, you know, there that's just something that's so detrimental to his career, in a way that he's not getting in any games, and that you know the way he's perceived by other teams, it's just it's just gonna gonna get worse. Like again, good player, but you know he wasn't a top ten. He wasn't a lottery pick. He was twenty first overall. Mm-hmm. Especially when you're NHL ready. If you're an, an AHL guy and you're kind of holding out and you say, okay, maybe I need a change of scenery and you go back to Europe, I don't know if that's necessarily as detrimental because I think there's leagues in Europe who are close to comparable to put to the AHL. But when you're a NHL guy and you're holding out and your option is Europe or the NHL and you go to Europe that that could really be detrimental. You miss a full year of NHL games. Mm-hmm. By the way, Mr. Roslovic, everyone's looking for somewhere to play right now. Everyone. Right. right. We don't have an ECHL. Guys in Europe, like, again, we don't know where Gooley and Meshack are going. Yeah. Again, the only Canadian Junior League playing was the Q, and they had to stop. Like, is. Have they confirmed what the rest of them are doing? Because I know that was up for discussion. I can't remember if it was the AHL, somebody about the, the February 4th, because I'm pretty sure the OHL were saying they were going in February, but I don't know if anything's um, sort of set. Um, would you guys oh, like they to talk delayed, about... They delayed it, by the way, because That's of the it. lockdown. The OHL did. I don't know about okay. the W. Um, by the way, shall we talk about... We got two more things: Tampa and Chicago. What would we rather hit first? Uh, Chicago. Right, Chicago. I mean, Rosovic's not playing games, and neither will some pretty important players for the Blackhawks. Kirby Doc, Captain Canada, is out four to five months after successful uh. wrist surgery after a very innocent-looking collision. In um, Canada's, I think it was only their pre-tournament. It's the pre-tournament game. against Russia. Yeah, he thought his stick had broke. It was his wrist, which is, oh, um, along with 
Alex Nylander, who was poor guy, has has not been able to stay healthy a lot. No, he'll be out for the six months after knee surgery. And here's the big one: Captain Jonathan Taves out indefinitely with an undisclosed injury. There's not a lot of details about it. And what's a red flag here is Jonathan Taves is that kind of guy who's very, very serious about his health. And remember, there was all those reports about during the bubble, he was he was asking questions. He wanted to know everything that was going on. Captain Serious. You Chicago want to be bad, but what you don't want is two young players and your captain to be out. No. A disastrous season for the Blackhawks before it's even started. We all wanted 2020 to start on the right foot, but before it even went forward, Chicago are looking bad for 2021, guys. Um, Alex, you let me know we wanted to start with them, so I'll start it to you. I'll throw it to you first. I mean, the Kirby Doc and Alex Nylander one, um, those ones are huge because I think those those two guys especially were the ones who are supposed to take those next steps. Mm-hmm. Are they going to be elite superstars? Probably not, but they're going to take those next, next steps in the NHL. Obviously, Doc played in the uh, – I think he played the full season in the mm-hmm. NHL last year. Nylander as well. So that's unfortunate, and hopefully they come back better than, than, than before, which they probably will. With Hayes, though, you're right. Like, it's a huge loss to the locker room. And, and I mean, I guess we don't really know if he's going to be there and be there or if he's not going to be there. Because if he's not going to be there, I really think that's going to be a bigger, big loss. Uh, bigger than I think most people expect. Like, I know, similar to uh, Boston, they have a leadership group that is bigger than just their captain. Mm-hmm. But when you lose your captain, it's still a it's still a big deal, right? Like same with St. Louis, right? Losing Petrangelo, yeah, you still have leaders, but it's it's not it's not the same. But uh, I didn't see a lot of it, but I saw some of it. I just really I think it's really stupid for them to trash on Jonathan Taze. And I know I I talked about it with Mike, but I. I don't get it. Like, what's your point? He has no reason to have to tell you what specifically it is. It's mm-hmm. the same thing with the Tuka Rask thing. He had no reason. He had you. He had no right to have to tell you anything. He could have just left. Mm-hmm. He could have t- like to the. He probably told the team somewhat of what was up. It was obviously it's up to him if he was going to say everything, but he has no right to the public to tell us specifics. Mm-hmm. There's no, no reason. No, not at all. Daniel. I think it's two things that we expected the Blackhawks to be bad, no matter what you kind of heard from the players. But we, I remember when we looked at the projected rosters and we did the deep dive of the Blackhawks and even at full strength, how much depth they were already lacking. And now you take out these core guys that, you know, in your captain and Jonathan Taves in two guys that, you know, these two young guys, you have been doing your best to develop along the way, despite the circumstances. And now that you see that, you know, there's another guy who's gone, Brandon Saad has been traded. And, you know, you have this whole mix up of defense there that it's just, and their goalies. It's just, it's just, you don't know what they are. So for me, I think this is going to be a huge transition year for them. Um, one thing I think about is how is it going to affect Patrick Kane? 
How is it going to affect that? You know, this guy who's arguably one of the best players right now for us, who's still playing at an extremely high level, is he going to look at an environment like this and think, I could realistically see myself stay here my whole career if I want to win again? And Chicago is just going to be, it's going to be a team that we're going to keep looking at because I think that there's going to be certain guys that they're going to expect to step up. There's going to be guys that, you know, they're going to, look at this and I guess finally get that answer that you know we we could say they want to be bad but you know maybe it just kind of hits them now that you know we are fully committed to a vision of what we want in the future now because I think they have held on for too long yeah um one thing I just want to add before we go to Tampa here don't give him a, don't give Bowman a hard time for sending Doc to the world juniors you would go there. I would go there. Yeah. It's the same thing as the Olympics. Stop it. It's once in a lifetime type of thing. Unless you're Spencer Knight and you get to go three times. But like your yeah. country, a hockey tradition, shut up. Shut up, people. Yeah. That could have happened at training camp, any game. Stop it. Absolutely stop it. It wasn't like either he was being headhunted. It was a freak accident. Stop yeah. it. Though another thing I'd like – some people to do i'd like them to stop stop helping tampa the senators <laughs> thanks to the senators the tampa bay lightning even they're like 17 million dollars over the cap are technically cap compliant thanks to kucherov being now on ltir and we got it written out here the senators with the trade in tampa acquire Braden colbert cedric paquette in the second rounder so they get their second back from the Broussard deal from tampa Oh, sorry, the second's in 2022, by the way. So not even this year, but next year. Great. In 2022, from Tampa Bay, in exchange for Marion Gabrick and Anders Nielsen, which, by the way, are dead contracts, and it's been confirmed they will not play this year. So they will also be put on LTIR. I just... I, and that loophole. Whatever. Whatever. I can't stand them. They got away with it again. They did it. Congratulations. You know, there's still $3 million over the cap space for next season, and we know it's not going to change. Well, they'll fix it. I'm not What's crazy is Ottawa's helping them a second time. Remember when they took Ryan Callahan's contract? Oh, 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 they oh, take- oh, yeah. There was a lot of yelling. Yeah. They got, uh, they did, they see, uh, you know what? This time, at least they got a second, which was still wasn't enough, but. Yep. The Ryan Callahan deal was awful because it was Ryan Callahan and a fifth for Mike Condon and a sixth. Yeah. Everyone, everyone thought Mike Condon was going to like be oh, that boy, guy. Oh, boy, do I. Yeah. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Gary Price lost the whole season to injury and Condon was in his place. Yeah. They finished like fourth last that year. Uh, <laughs> boy, do I. But like – Again, they I I mean they figured it out. I mean, I guess good for Tampa for figuring it out. Yeah, I, I don't yeah, know. Great. I don't know great. how what to how to respond to that. But all you did was a like a second. You like my the thing with certain teams is they know that the market is god awful at the moment, the trade market, right? Mm-hmm. So Jim Benning spends a first a prospect for Kasperi Kapanen and and like Jesper Lindgren. Then their whole heap of trades come in. Ryan Murray, Marcus Nudivara. Um, I'm definitely missing guys. Nate Schmidt. 
And then they like what? Like you're only getting a set. Like I feel like Ottawa might have reset the trade market because they traded a second for Derek Stepan, which yeah, sorry, I was said Derek, no, sorry earlier. Yeah, you're. I don't know why I said oh, that. Yeah. Which was an overpayment. Yeah. And then you gate you only get back a second round pick in a market that the flat cap, they're like millions of dollars over the cap. You're already at the cap floor. Like you're well above the cap floor. You don't really need Colbert and Paquette as much as I guess I think they do. Like, I don't really think they need needed those two guys, but whatever. And you only get a second round pick. Yeah. Like for me, Okay, I'm not saying I would be this do this as a GM, but you know, Ottawa could have asked for a first or like a prospect, like in exchange for this, that you know, they could have held Tampa's hand and say, you know, we are gonna force you into doing this deal, like add a better sweetener. Because yeah, I don't know why it's these seconds that they have been like dealt with, or even you know, we look back at the Callahan deal, like there was absolutely no value there for Ottawa. Who, by the way, who just announced his retirement? Um, yes. Where were the Leafs at last year? Was it ninety-five million dollar cap it around uh, there? Yes. Tampa's at ninety-seven. Their cap it is ninety-seven million dollars. Well, ninety-seven three hundred sixteen point six six six. But you know what I mean. Because so I, I look at it like they get a second, and the Leafs had to give away Seth Jarvis. Oh, don't yeah. even don't to do get that. rid of Patrick Marlowe. Yeah, I Sorry, you had to add a face to it. He's been drafted. The pick has That's been okay. used. <laughs> yeah, it's an odd one for me. Uh, I think they yeah. could have got more. Yeah, well, the Ottawa Senators, um, what a weird team. What a really, really, really weird team. Um, okay, that's oh, everything. Then. Oh, Josh Hosang. Josh Hosang. Oh, yeah, yes, yes, Quickly. yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the Josh Hosang isn't going to training camp. They didn't invite him to training camp. Mm-hmm. I, uh, unless I'm missing something here, I really think the Islanders are screwing Josh Hosang. We all know, like, there's been the rumors that there's been attitude issues or whatever their issues may be. I don't know. But you tendered his quali- qualifying offer. You know his value is next to none. Unfortunately, his value is next to none. They put him on waivers. No one took him last season. And it's mm-hmm. not like much has really changed. And then you and then you don't bring him to training camp. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it be better to let him say, you know what? He's pretty much a valueless to us because no one really wants to take him. And let him go do his own thing. Instead, you're you tender his qual- qualifying offer and then don't invite him to training camp. Mm-hmm. How does that make any sense? Talk about putting a player in a position to succeed. It's, it felt like the opposite. I mean, at some point, I, I just question, is it really him? I mean, it, was it that big of a deal he wanted to wear Lemieux's number? No, it's, it's fans being babies. It, it's just... And, and there's just a certain level of, I just have a bit of disdain for the Islanders. Just a lot of them, like, I know there was no 
value for him. But at this point, get anything. Get a conditional pick if you get future considerations if you can. I mean, there's just that human side of, of like, do something for this guy. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't make sense. Talent is there. And again, you know, we can say it again. And I don't know, maybe we don't know how it is. You know, Barry Trotz and Lou Lamorello are old time guys. Mm-hmm. But when I look at this team and I see the players that go before him, it's just weird to me <laughs> because mm-hmm. the Islanders, you know, they have Matt Barzell. But when I look at the other guys, it's, it's not like these are guys that I'm like, you know, you have to have all the time. Like I'm looking at that fourth line. I'm looking at even in their top nine where there's certain guys there that they play well. Some of them are a bit overpaid, but it's just, it's like not the same skill. And we've seen Josh Hosang play before he could play in the NHL. And I agree with the whole Lemieux number thing. Like that was just kind of slim pickings. And it's just things where, you know those unwritten rules of hockey culture where you don't do certain things, you don't, you know, it's it's a weird thing. It's like you know, yeah, we're not gonna wear ninety nine, we're not gonna wear sixty six, we're not gonna do these quote unquote things, even though like other than the ninety nine thing, it's there's no rules to them. So two, yeah, two things. Number one, I really hope Seattle takes them, whether it's through free agency or through the expansion draft. I genuinely hope Seattle takes them and it bites them in the ass so hard. Like we did in our Twitch exactly. version. Yeah, and I think he, he's in the NHL. I for, I don't remember. Yeah. Well, how, did, how did we develop him, Alex? Check out on Wednesday. Tune in <laughs> our Twitch channel on Wednesdays, every Wednesdays, to see how we develop Joss Hosang, right. amongst uh, others. But the second thing is, I think there's things that happen in hockey that, like, these hockey culture traditions that don't happen in any other sport. So let's remember where where we are. We've had this discussion. We are four out of four in 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 the big leagues, top four, the dead last by a lot. And the, and we 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 saw what happened with the MLB, with their their negotiations in the summer, and list their their popularity might have taken a hit. So let's grow up a little bit. Let's well, we can keep the helmets on ads. If a guy's numbers retired for a team, okay, I understand. Like I, I respect that. Mm-hmm. Is number sixty six retired in New York? No, no. So someone com- can wear that. Number. A comparable to is LeBron James still play still wears number twenty three. A lot of guys still wear number twenty three. Uh, yeah, like you know, unless you're not in Chicago, you're not. You could still wear twenty three. <laughs> it's like right. when God who. Who was it, Daniel? You might remember this. It was a he was a he was like a defenseman who like barely played in Chicago's run, and he did the Yager salute once. Oh, the guys on the other team gave him crap. It's like, who does he think he is doing the Yager salute, playing five minutes a game? I can't remember, traded. but that's funny. But yeah, it was something. It's just such a hockey like just let the guy celebrate. Nowadays, we're all like, oh, look at the, the goal salute. It's so old, like the Crosco, but you do the Yager salute when you're in the playoffs, and it's a bad thing, apparently. There's a funny story about that one, too. Um, when the Leafs eliminated the Penguins in the early 2000s from the playoffs, um, 
Danny Markoff, who was playing for the Leafs, did the Yager salute when they eliminated them. It's funny. Good. It's funny. Good. Anyway, they probably um, got eliminated next round, didn't they? Yeah, like that was the um, New Jersey's run to the finals, but they lost to the Avalanche. Oh, really? And who was the goalie for the car? The David Abisher is the backup. <laughs> okay, uh, that's it for today. That's yeah. We will see everyone next episode. Whatever that is, excuse me. God, these episodes take a while. By the end of it, like these guys will tell you, once we stop recording and we like talk each other afterwards, I get so quiet because I'm so tired. Like, mm. and I was so tired before this episode started, but you got to turn it on for the people. Exactly. Okay. Um, that's everything. Thank you very much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, let's say you're on iTunes, give us a five-star rating and a review how much you love the show. Tell all your friends, Steve Dangle would say. Thank you, The Voice Head, as always, for being a fantastic platform for the show. Wherever you're listening to this pod, Dean, um, Spotify, follow the show for new episodes weekly. Pretty soon, probably going to bi-week, not bi-weekly, two episodes a week when the season gets started, probably, because hockey, hockey. almost there. We love it. And exactly. hate it at the same time. <laughs> Um, check out Alex's blog. All of Daniel's stuff coming soon. We'll see. We have to get Will Baldwin on the show. And no, we really oh, yeah. have to. We really have to. And and Twitch on Wednesday, six thirty p.m. Eastern time. Exactly. And of course, not Mountain YouTube. Time. Not, not Mountain. mountain. No. Or Central Time. time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or Pacific Time. No. Or Greater Britain to Mountain Island Time. Anyway, or check out my YouTube channel for all your haves and needs. Got four subs this week, over 200. There we go. Was it 200 views on the period video? I remember. It was doing really well. I got 150 good. last time I checked. Good. So that was good. Um, yeah. That's good. everything. Okay. Bye. All right.